edition of the Patreon series. Joining me in a moment is our friend Mr. Augie Nost. Ah yes, our friend Mr. Augie Nost has returned. He is the author of Spiritual Science, Higher Consciousness, Thinking and How to Access the Universal Consciousness. Augie Nost also co-wrote a book titled Alien Encounters in America's Midwest. Oh yes, so Mr. Aginost, I do want to welcome you once again back to the program. It's always an honor and pleasure to have you here, my friend. And I'm so glad to do this with you once more. So many people love that first interview with you here on the program. Well, thank you. I, I try to make it interesting that people really need to know that it's probably going to happen, and that is the fake alien invasion. Ah, yes. Um, you're specifically referring to Project Bluebeam? Uh, yes, and we are being set up for it. So um, should we go there for just a little bit? Oh, no doubt. We could go all over the place here, Mr. Nost. Always great to do that. Yes, let's start there if you'd like. It's a little controversial because uh, Joe Blow and Harry Hohandel hasn't heard about it yet, you know? Oh, yeah. So uh, I tell you, the NASA... And the Air Force, actually NORAD in Colorado, they have come out and said that uh, there is something coming out from behind the sun that appears to be an alien spacecraft. You probably heard that. You're on the front end of things. I think you probably heard about this. Yes. But uh, the reason they're saying that it probably is an alien spacecraft is two reasons. First of all, when an, an object came through here uh, quite a few months ago and they went behind the sun and he's coming around the sun and because of the slingshot effect from going around the sun, it comes out faster than it does going in behind the sun. But this object came out a lot faster than what gravity dictate that it should. So they say 
it couldn't accelerate that fast coming out from behind the sun, so it has to have a propellant. It's got to have an engine or a propulsion system in it. So they say there's only one thing that can do that, and that is technology. So it has to be an alien spacecraft because it is not ours. Okay, they told us that there is an alien spacecraft coming out from behind the sun. And uh, of course, I'm a little more conspiratorial than the average bear, so right, yeah. I am questioning that. Me too. But on the other hand, they may be setting this up for something. And that is, like you mentioned, Operation Bluebeam. Right, and um, what you're referring to now is, of course, not the Oumuamua incident. I don't want to confuse people out there, but... Um, that object was going around back in 2017. It made headlines all over the place. And it is quite interesting what we've been experiencing the last few years now in terms of UFOs or UAPs. All of that sort of thing have been, I guess, just widely popularized once again. Like it was years and years ago and then it sort of died down. And then all of a sudden we're back in the mix with UFOs and UAPs, whatever you want to call them now. I am totally sure the reason we are talking about UFO now in the government chambers and in the media is because Operation Bluebeam is being planned and they are conditioning the people to accept it as what the government is telling you. Now, and uh, let me, uh, you mentioned Oumuamua. Yes, sir. That's supposed to be uh, something in Hawaiian. That, you know, 17, it came around and now it's coming back out. But that's not the one. The one that they say they have a picture of is almost as wide as it is long. And it's flat. Because the Muamua, that was that long, skinny space rock. Right. Remember that yes, one? Yes, sir. This is not it. That's something, this is something different. Right, yes, this is a different <clears throat> object. I just didn't want people to get confused with that one. This is a whole different one, boys and girls. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I'm saying something is seriously going on here is because the um, administrator of NASA, Charles Bolden, not long ago, he was uh, making a speech and he said there will be an alien invasion before the year 2025 and he was immediately fired from nasa then they realized that maybe that was a dumb idea to do because hang on that's what i get for not start shutting the phone off i um the thing is that uh i gotta shut this thing off there we go yeah no worries uh, they fired the administrator. Yeah. And then they hired him back and put him on permanent sick leave so they can control him. Because if he's out on their own, lost his wages and everything, he could be talking about stuff that they may not like. They hired him back in and now they can control him. And he was obviously referring to Operation Bluebeam, that is a government program and that has been ongoing since the late 1960s. They've been preparing for it. What it is, is a holographic projection of a whole bunch of flying saucers or flying disks in the sky, big ones and small ones. And they're going to say, now the aliens are here, they invaded us. 
and we have to band together as one government globally in order to fight this enemy. That was what um, uh, Werner von Braun talked about. The last thing they have is the alien card. He talked to his uh, secretary about that, and she talked to everybody about it. So uh, this is a plan, and from what I'm starting to see, I expect this thing to unfold probably the latter part of this year. So if people one day wake up and see the sky full of ships, big ones and small ones, I, I don't know how they're going to design them. Now, that's the fake alien invasion. And another thing that they talk about in that government document explaining um, Operation Bluebeam is they need to control all of the people. They know that religion, religious fanatics, they're hard to control. Oh, yes. They stick to the religion. So they're not going to discriminate against those people either. So they have that figured out. It's right in their document. You're going to see Jesus in the right. sky, and he will be talking to you. Uh, he's going to say something. I don't know the language of it, but it's something similar to that. Do as the government tell you so they can protect you. They put a big, big image of Mother Mary right in the harbor, hoping that the Cuban people will see the image and turn on their communist uh, dictators and overthrow them. Well, it didn't happen, but that was the intention. So we know we've had these holographic images since 1964. I, I think it was 64 or 63, I'm not sure. One of those dates, yes. Um, yeah. Yes, he, they wanted uh, people to think that Jesus wanted to overthrow uh, Cuba and yeah. Castro. And uh, yes... Um, it's pretty wild that our government even wanted to do such a thing in that regard. Yeah, and the thing about it is these people, they are equal. Uh, they don't want to discriminate against any religion. So if you're a Muslim and living in Saudi Arabia or a Muslim anywhere, they're not going to discriminate against you. You will not see Jesus, but you will see Muhammad up there and he'll be talking to you. So... What we're talking about now is that he's talking to you. How do they do that? Well, there is this technology called voice to skull. Go ahead and Google it. Now, don't use Google. Use anything else, any other platform <clears throat> for searching voice to skull technology, and you will see it. The early pattern that I find on that goes back to 1978, wow. where they are bombarding you with microwaves, and they key voice onto the microwave, and when it hits your head, it resonates, and you hear the voice in your head, and you think there's somebody talking, but it is in your head. Yes, that is so pretty wild. And this is serious. Yes, this is using microwave um, technology, basically. Uh, this is yeah. synthetic telepathy, in other words. Uh, a form of telepathy. That, yeah. This is technology. Oh, it's, yes. Uh, electronic technology. Telepathy is more like a, it's a little different frequency. It's a gravity wave that's, you know, thought is a minute gravity wave. So, but um, this is something that uh, look for it. Oh, yes, it's coming. If it happens, 
You know what it is. Yes. But the problem with these ships in the sky is that they're holograms. They're not real. But in between them, there is one of our own ships that's going to be there with their plasma beam weapons, and they're going to be shooting at things on the ground and maybe airplanes. We don't know what they're going to do. Right. And of course, last month even, there was all those articles about an alien mothership you know, that might be spying on us. And that came from Professor Avi Loeb. Yep. Yep. They're, they're preparing us for it. And when the government suddenly now start talking about UFOs and they're saying that we shot down some UFOs and when maybe now they're coming our way and they're pissed because we shot down their UFOs. So, uh, yeah. You've been hearing lots of reports of that recently of us shooting these things down out of the sky and us they're, they're claiming that we have videos of this. I haven't seen those videos. I wish they would just release them. But anytime the government gets involved and is very vocal about this, and for years, people in the UFO world have been wanting the government to be more transparent about these sort of things. But, you know, that that took a long time before this to uh, really surface. But anytime you see the government taking this sort of uh, interest, uh, it makes me feel quite skeptical of it all, just like you. Yeah. For good reason. Absolutely. There is very good reason for it. And I think uh, that's probably enough on that subject because uh, the other thing is that thoughts create reality. So I don't want to people to bury themselves in starting to visualize all that much about what could happen. Just know that if it does, then this is what it is, and then forget it until that time, because there's really nothing we can do anyway, right. except maybe erasing the awareness of it so that it doesn't have the really bad effect that it otherwise would if it happens. Yes, sir. And, you know, before we move on, I just wanted to quickly say, what do you think the ultimate truth about UFOs or UAPs will turn out to be, in your opinion? Well... What's the end game? UFOs are real. They, they've been around for decades and decades. In fact, there are pitch, I have a picture on the, one of our website, broadcastteamalpha.com. There was a picture that was taken, I think it was in 1918, of picture down the street. There's people in the street, and right at the end of the street, there's a flying disc sitting in the sky. So, yeah, they've been around a long time. And they come from, we make our own that we stole from the Germans, actually, when we overran them in 1945. And we found their flying disks, and we took some of those home. The Russians got some. The Brits may have gotten one. I'm not sure. Uh, there's no evidence of that. But we know the Russians got it. The Americans got the Hanabu 1 or the Hanabu 2 that they disassembled and took home in order to re-engineer it to make sure they knew how it works and uh, then again we had roswell that was another one that yeah. they have re-engineered back engineered and now they know how to do it they built their own but they haven't told us about it so they have them we know that now there are others that come there is a cia document and uh let's see i um you can go to the cia in the cia uh there is a UFO groups is a section. UFO groups, there's a section on there. And if you go in there, there it's called the um, 
the uh, the smoking gun document. That's what it's called. And they explain that, yes, aliens are real. They're coming here, but most of them are interdimensionals. And they're coming from other dimensions. And I have no problem with that, knowing a little bit about quantum mechanics. Even Stephen Hawking said he could prove 11, I think he said nine or 11 different dimensions. And then uh, he said uh, something to the effect that uh, if I extend the equations, I likely will find more. So we know there are other dimensions out there and there's things. There may be people in there that is coming our way, They're visiting and going back home. Right. And then we have them from other dim- other worlds. The um, Billy Meyer story is very well known and uh, they're coming from other galaxies. So yes, they are coming here and the speed of light is not a speed limit. Well, I'm very curious what's going to happen here in the next couple of years and see if any of these things sort of transpire in the way that has been uh, predicted by so many. And um, furthermore, you, I would say you probably believe that ETs have been working with the government for a long time. Yes. Um, Since the late, late 1930s, perhaps, they say. Uh, yeah, I just put a post on uh, my Facebook page and I... Uh, I didn't even read it fully. It's, um, there was fact that the people that did uh, do the space program at NASA, uh, one of the directors of it, they made the, the comment that we cannot take credit for all of the advances in technology and space because we had some help. And then he was asked, uh, who helped you? And he said, from people people from other worlds. So they admit it. And we're still running around asking, are we alone in the universe? How stupid. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. told us, but we don't listen. Yes, wouldn't it be such a big waste of space, no pun intended, if we yeah. were just the only thing here? It just sounds kind of silly to me. I know. Yeah, there's got to be uh, life elsewhere, and obviously there is. Yeah, and uh, disclosure has been done quite a while ago. Right. But people didn't listen. A lot of people didn't listen. And uh, even today, we're still a lot of um, people that are advocating for this sort of uh, truth sort of movement in, in the government. Some of them are finally getting some answers, but critics say, well, not really. It's not really anything. Yeah. The lack of uh, evidence is really what the critics have been pointing uh, their fingers at with all these sort of uh, hearings and these uh, briefings, whatever you want to call them. A lot of critics not too happy. Yeah. Well, disclosure, it's been on national TV. Right. Not American TV, but there was probably five or six years ago now, there was a president at the time, Medvedev in Moscow. In Moscow, yes. And at the end of the interview, he was asked, what can you tell us about the alien presence? And uh, he thought the camera was off and the interview was over. Uh-huh. So he said, oh, well, yeah. He says, when we take office, we get this dossier, which is a file. And it explains the aliens, who they are, where they come from, and uh, their presence here. But we are told we cannot talk about it because they are afraid of panic okay Hmm. the camera was running Mm. 
And the people that took the video, they thought it was so good, they ran the whole thing on national TV. Well, Medvedev didn't know that. But what could he do? It was out there. So they just, from there on, they just don't talk about it. And of course, the Russians are like us. It all drained in the sand and people forget. Yep. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yep. People forget. It and it's interesting you bring that up because uh, for a long time, we've always known that governments from around the world have been talking about UFOs for the longest time. And our government has, was here in America, our government here has always been really sort of pushing, not really pushing back, but they've been dissing themselves on this uh, issue for a, the longest time while everyone else has already um, went up to the plate. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I think it's quite telling. Pilot. Yeah. I'm a pilot and I, uh, I spent a lot of time in pilot lounges around the uh, airports in the country. And I talked to other pilots, and never so often I asked them if they've seen anything in the sky that really shouldn't be there. And half of them said, yeah, I've seen some things that shouldn't be there or going too fast or look aircraft without wings and stuff like that. And the other half, they don't want to talk about it, which indicates that a big portion of them either have not seen anything, and some of them say, yeah, I haven't seen anything. But some of the ones that don't want to talk about it, they've seen some things. And that is the reason why they don't want to talk about it. Right. Because of their job. And um, yeah, so they're out there. Right. And what do you think is the most important thing that the public should know about these crafts and these beings? They may have different agendas. Very few, if any, that come here are totally hostile towards most of them are very friendly. They look at us like maybe a developing species, like we are maybe talking, you know, looking at, well, at monkeys. They're yeah. cute, and they like to, you know, we, we interact with them. But, sure. Uh, nothing really special, uh, because they are also now, in the last maybe couple of decades, they are a little alarmed about it because we keep shooting down their crafts. And that creates maybe a little bit of a standoffish attitude. But they're not really hostile to us. They're more friendly. They're really friendly ones. They're here to help. And we have heard from many that have had contact that they say, we are here to help you if you would let us. Yes, there's been lots of stories of them wanting to help us. But yeah. um, it doesn't seem like we ever listen, though, does it? <laughs> yeah. And um, what do you think that would look like if they would invade this world, this planet? What do you think that would look like, Mr. Nost? With the technology they have, we wouldn't have a chance. In other words, do you think we'd get wiped out rather quickly and easy? Either uh, maybe not wiped out necessarily because we are a resource. Because they don't want to destroy the resource. We could have been... We could have been turned into a slave planet, which we already are, and, yeah. that, and we don't know it. But on the other hand, uh, it could be a lot of damage before yeah. that uh, Earth, people on Earth say, okay, we give up. Because we have a space-based weapon. We have uh, now there is uh, particle beam weapons, and we have all kinds of stuff like that. Too. Yeah, we have some Not great weapons. Much. Not as they do. 
Yeah, exactly. I think we have some great stuff, but compared to uh, an advanced civilization, well, I don't know exactly. I don't know how we could compare. Yeah. Yes, we are not quite a categories one civilization yet. Type one, I guess it's called type one. Right. And for those who are probably wondering, have you ever encountered a UFO sighting or basically an encounter of any kind that you could not fully explain and, you know, left you perplexed? Oh, yeah, I've seen many of them. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you fly as much as I did, uh, you see stuff. I had one of them fly out right underneath my airplane, probably about 400 feet under the airplane at a diagonal angle. And... Um, I had a good look at it. It uh, That wasn't one that is in the news at 5 o'clock. It didn't look like any airplane. It had no wings. It looked more like an oblong, kind of like a... Like a tic-tac. skateboard, in a way. Or a uh, skateboard, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and did that scare the hell out of you, by the way? Windows on the side and... And did that scare you at all? No, no, I, I didn't. It didn't scare me. Well, it would have scared the hell out of me. No, uh, <laughs> It happened so fast. Oh, it happened so fast, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, you didn't really think too much of it at the time. Well, you maybe you did think of it, but um, when it happened, it just kind of just blew right by you, right? Yeah, and uh, a lot of people have these experiences. There's right. nothing special about me. A lot of people have it. Yes, I've, I've seen a few strange things, too, where, out where I live, out in uh, El Centro, um, out in the desert, basically, there's a naval facility out there as well. So perhaps whatever I saw might have been a part of whatever they got going on out there. But I have seen some strange things, and so have uh, my parents, too. They've seen some weird sort of uh, crafts out in the sky out there. I, I think maybe even just, I would say, three, four years ago. And uh, my father and mother described seeing this sort of octopus-like things flying around in the sky hmm. yes they say that because it was this like translucent transparent looking uh craft which is pretty pretty strange when you hear that i've seen some pictures like that yeah so it was more like solid on the top and then there was tentacles hanging down below it something like that yes yeah, yeah whatever the hell that is um i have no idea but I have seen strange things in the sky out there as well. What they are, I don't know. But definitely, I, I've seen some odd things out there. And they're completely sober, you know, not doing, not drinking, not anything. Mm -hmm. And I've seen these things with people. That's the, that's a great thing, by the way. I've never been alone when I've seen these weird things in the sky. Yep. There's nothing like that in my neighborhood either. Yeah. So who knows what's going on out there, if it's ours or one of theirs, but... These are quite interesting times, especially with everything that's been going on. You know, we're kind of headed towards this sort of transhumanist agenda nowadays. We're kind of now at the inception of uh, AI and all these sort of things. And I'm wondering if there's any correlation between aliens and AI and what's been going on here with this agenda of, you know, of sort of uh, men chopping off parts, women chopping off parts. Essentially, almost looking like a alien. Yeah, isn't I know that it. scary? And then, and then there are a lot of people that is telling me. I hear that. I don't know. Quite often, I say, I would love to have an experience like that. 
And they say, I would love to talk to an extraterrestrial. Or I would like to be able to make, not face-to-face necessarily, but mental contact with an extraterrestrial. There is ways we can do that. And that is one of the things I talk about in this book. Yeah. Spiritual science, higher conscious thinking, and how to access the universal consciousness. And in there, first of all, I teach people how to use their mind in ways that you normally would think would be impossible. But there are ways and things we can do to make contact. I, uh, I've done that here in Tucson, walked up, I live kind of close to the edge of town where I, I can walk for about a mile and I'm in the bushes out ah, there. Yeah. And you stand there, you look up in the sky and you can visualize yourself on a ship with someone that looked pleasant enough for you to be able to mentally feel good about making contact with. You visualize something like this. You go do that a few times because these beings are very telepathic. And there's, there's more to it than that. There's something that you can, a mind exercise you can do. And uh, it is not just a visual image. There's also the feeling and the uh, intention. And you can put all that again to, into a package and you send it out there. Somebody might find it and they have a way to scan you and find your combined vibration and decide, is that someone we like to communicate with? Mm. Yes, essentially, we're like a beacon and, you know, we, yes, yes. And this is something people can do. Yeah. They can do this. And often you will see something. You could see a ship come in your field of vision and stop in the middle, right in front of you. And it could be high if you do this at night. I prefer to see you do it at night because you can see light better. In the daytime, they're a little more skittish because uh, they're easier to see from the ground. But try it. You just might see something. And if you go through what I talk about in the book there, it's you create this, this kind of a package that you, the emotion of being there, the intention of doing it, and the visual images of the ship and the people in it. And don't be too rash and just sit, stand there for five minutes and say, yeah, that didn't work. No, spend 20 minutes there because wherever they are, that not necessarily only in your reality, interdimensional telepathic communication is alive and well. There may be others from other realities, so there may be somebody on the moon that could take them about five minutes to get here. Ships travel very fast. So stay there for 20 minutes and visualize yourself doing this. And don't give up if it doesn't happen the first time. What inspired you to write Spiritual Science, the Universal Laws of God, Mind, and Consciousness? Were there specific experiences or insights that (laughs) sort of you know, prompted you to explore down down the rabbit hole of these topics? Yeah, uh, there actually was. There was, uh, it may have happened anyway, maybe in a different form, but um, I had an incredible experience about, I think it's about seven or eight years ago now. 
And that is when I had a, a universal download that explained the universe in concept and detail to me. And I talk a lot about that in this book, what it is like and why and who we are, what we are, what we can do, what our capabilities are and how to use those capabilities to do things that is unbelievable. And this experience that I had was I was sitting in meditation. I did that every every morning. I was facing east and I watched the sun come up. And uh, I was sitting there and I've done this for a long time, for several years. And I had my eyes closed and I started seeing um first of all i gotta ask here are you recording this are you able to oh yes of course okay good no worries um i started seeing light flashing out at the periphery around my eyes here and that light came forward more and more and then it became more solid so at one point i was sitting there inside all bright lights and then I start seeing things in the light, flashes of things that could be concept, ideas, people, situations that flash by really fast, inventions. And I start seeing planetary systems and it was all flying by really fast. And it was not necessarily going from left to right. It was just all over the place, intertwined. and. When I, if there was something that I saw in that soup of creation that I was interested in, it flashed up and it stopped. So I could see it more clearly. And then it disappeared back into the soup again. And it lasted just a few seconds. And then it slowly started fading away. And after, I don't know, it could have been 10 seconds or so. Yeah. It was gone. And I opened my eyes up and I wondered, what do you know what happened? What can I do with it? Why? And, and then it was fresh in my mind. I could remember the details of all of it. So if I, was, if I remember seeing something in that soup and I concentrated on that one thing, it popped out and I could see it again. And if I concentrate on something else, that thing disappeared and something else came out so I could see it again. And this lasted for a little bit and then it was all in memory. And I remember thinking like, oh man, I can't talk to anybody about this because they're going to think I'm nuts. Not just think I'm nuts, they're going to know I'm nuts. And uh, I grabbed a, a yellow pad and a pen and I start writing and I wrote plus or minus things that I had to do. I wrote for, I think about three days or so notes of what I've seen. And a few days later, I talked to a guy that I knew he was a really well-educated man. He was level-headed and I mentioned it to him and he says, Oh yeah. He says, no, a lot of people have these kinds of things. Uh, there is a book that you need to read, he says, and he gave me the title of the book. It explains quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics explain exactly what you saw. Oh, okay. So I went and got the book. I read the book and there it was. 
So now I felt like I could talk about it. I could write about it. So I spent uh, some considerable time putting this book together. Like you see here, you can get it on Amazon. And that explains the universe and who we are, what we are, and what our capabilities are within this holographic, self-aware, and mind-created universe we are living in. Because that's both what quantum mechanics talk about, and that is what it appeared to me as being. The mind creates everything around us. And there is actually some evidence to that both on the blackboard using the principles of quantum mechanics, as well as a scenario that I have been talking about for a while. And I'm going to spend the next 45 seconds explaining that to you because then it can make sense to people. And that is that <clears throat> I'm a hypnotist. If I put you in a soft chair and talk to you for 10 minutes or so, and I tell you that when you wake up, you're going to see an elephant standing next to you in the room. If I do my job right, snap my finger, bring you back out, you look over there, and that elephant is there. You can reach out and touch the snout on that elephant. You feel the rough skin. You hear him breathing. You smell him. That elephant is totally real to you. There is a problem. I can't see the elephant because there is no elephant there. But that elephant is absolutely real to you. So then, what happened to your real world? It went away, didn't it? It replaced the real world with an elephant. And I don't care if you're in the 34th floor of an apartment building, it is no chance of the elephant ever getting there. That elephant is in your apartment, and it's real. You can feel it, the rough skin. How did that happen? Well, it happened because I helped to convince your subconscious mind <clears throat> to create the physical image of that elephant in your existence. You're the one that created it, but I gave you the idea that that thing is real. So believe it, and there he is. So now, what is the difference between you and the elephant and the world around you right now? This computer, the desk and all of it, it feels the same as the solid skin, rough skin on the elephant, that feels real too, and so does this desk. There is no difference. It is only that one has been around longer than the elephant has, and you have gotten to accept that this is real. That is the power of the mind.